You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Pack and Mad Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Trying to get this dialed in here. There we go. That's a little bit louder. I don't know if louder is better at this time, but uh, thank you very much, by the way, to uh, Mr. Peter Thomas, who heard that I did not any longer have my uh, intro music. I'll, I'll get it eventually. I'm just being lazy. Um, but he came through in the clutch and uh, re-recorded the intro that he did that is my intro. And uh, Peter is pretty hardcore. Not only is he a cellist for the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra, but I did a little bit of stalking and found that he was a member of a pretty prominent band here in Milwaukee. I was going to give him a big shout-out and play a bunch of their music, but it looks like they are no longer together, so that that stinks. But uh, it was pretty good, dude. I'm not going to lie. I was listening to some of them like, this, is, this isn't just some like side project where somebody's like, what do you think of my band? And you listen, and you're like, oh, that's, that's great, dude. Thank you. Don't don't ever play that for me again, though. Oh, it was just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But anyways, thank you, Peter, for uh, jumping in and helping me out with that. If you got any other side projects, you should let me know. But anyways, uh, I don't know. Get started, I guess. I don't. I don't even remember how to do this anymore. Apparently, what are we? What are we? Uh, what, are, what are you up to these days? What? Uh, how's, how's the job? Run through the classic small talk nonsense. What? What do you do for a living? Oh yeah, great, great. Do you like it? You like it? Is that? Is that in town here? Or where do you do that? <laughs> Hate small talk so much. Hey, I get it, like it's polite and you should do it and all that, but it's just, it's painful. It's like just the worst. It's like when you're a, when you're a kid, it's how tall are you now? What grade are you in? What's your favorite subject? Then you get older, it's what do you do for a living? Do you like your job? How do you get into something like that? You got to get like a, is that a four year or is that a, a, a two year? Or? I'm not making fun of the guy for being polite, but he just, he doesn't care. And I don't care that he doesn't care. It's like, can we just agree that neither of us care and move on? Like, I'm good to just stand here in your vicinity and eat my corn dog and not have a conversation with you if you're good with it, because I'm good with it. And I know you're good with it because you don't care about any of this information because nobody, I don't care about this information and it's my life. I promise you it's going to be fine if we just stand here and don't talk to each other. I promise you. Don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. It's not weird. You ever notice too when like so you can tell somebody's trying, like they're they're kind of walking over by you and they kind of make eye contact and then they kind of look away but they keep walking like right at you and there's nothing in your general direction. So then you got to like brace yourself and kind of like turn toward them and how you doing there? Uh, how you doing, sir? Good. Hey, I'm Frank. Yeah, great, great. Just I don't care. I let's do. Anyways, so I got a question from Josh. <laughs> Smooth transition. Got a question from Josh on the Twitters. 
He says, there's a saying, iron sharpens iron as man sharpens his neighbor. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know if I knew that second part, but I think we all know the first part. He says, how much do you feel that makes a difference when our first team offense practices against our first team defense, especially on individual player basis? He gives example, Devontae uh, versus Jair, Bakhtiari, Zadarius, uh, DB group versus Rodgers. I think I used to believe in this more so than I do now. I'm, I'm sure on some level it matters, but I, I think it's very similar to how I feel about Rodgers, right? I'm sure it helps, but it's not necessarily massively noticeable, right? Like I said with Rodgers, and I, people beat me up on this, but again, nobody can refute what I actually say. Bad football players who come to Green Bay are not suddenly great football players because of Rodgers. Great football players, like Devontae, are not going to leave Green Bay and become garbage because they no longer have Rodgers. That's just not, that's an over-exaggeration primarily by non-Packer fans who want to just say that the Packers stink outside of, of Aaron Rodgers. Well, Devontae's trash, it's just because of Rodgers. Majority's trash, it's just Rodgers. It's all just Rodgers. Hilariously, then they'll come back around and say something stupid like, well, Rodgers, yeah, look at all the weapons he's had. He's had Devontae and Dottari, take all that. So they don't know what they're talking about. So yeah, I, I'm sure that to some degree, if you're going up, if you're, uh, let's say, Amari Rodgers, and you have to play against Jair, even though probably don't have to all that often, but let's just say that's what it is. That's probably going to help you be more prepared than not. Um, however, I think it's just way too easy to find examples of like a defensive line that's really good and an offensive line that's really bad, right? I, I just, I think it would be way too easy to do that. And, and also just not really any massive correlation. All right, Packers have had a great offensive line for a long time. Defensive line, you know, now it's pretty good. In the past, it's been pretty bad. And it, it just, it it just, it always depends on the players, right? It's it's never like, well, we went out and got a great offensive line. Suddenly the defense got better. No, the defense gets better when the players get better, right? The DBs were terrible when we had great wide receivers for a long time. Terrible. If you think back on great DB units for the Packers, you think back on times when we had guys like Charles Woodson, Al Harris, just randomly picking guys off the top of my head. And today, you know, we've got a great group, but it's not because, well, they really got a lot of work with Devontae. It's because we got Jair. It's because we got Amos. It's because we got Savage. That's what helped our DB group get better, and that's what's going to continue to help our DB group better. So, yes, I do think there is some impact. I just think it's not super noticeable. You know, it's, it's probably like taking supplements when you work out. You know what I mean? Like, it helps on some level, but I really doubt it's it's a noticeable level, right? If you sit around and do nothing all day but drink protein shakes, you are going to be fat and stupid and, and lazy and dumb. Two of those things are completely nothing to do with protein, but I just felt like throwing that in there. If you eat right and exercise and go to the gym and, you know, you eat in excess of calories and put two hours in weight training, you're going to gain muscle. And whether or not you consume protein and creatine, again, there's a difference, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to notice. I think that's, that's a fair parallel. Having a good group on the other side is like supplements. It helps, but not in a very noticeable way. The biggest thing that matters is the players themselves. If you have good players, you're going to have a good unit. If you have bad players, you're going to have a bad unit. But yes, especially, and I think the biggest thing in my mind is young, inexperienced guys getting help from more experienced guys. But that doesn't have to be across the way, right? So for example, I think Kenny Clark, or let's say Zadarius, 
can really help get a guy like Royce Newman prepared. But I also think David Bakhtiari really helps a guy like Royce Newman get prepared because it's it's a very mental thing. It's about it's about coaching. It's about getting you to understand certain things. And yeah, if if Royce is going up against a terrible DB group, they're probably not throwing everything at you, and so you get complacent. Then you go up against the big boys, and it's like, dude, I'm getting wrecked all over the place because you gotta 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 gotta. What was that double speak? You remember that? That was when I was like in middle school. The girls all did like the double talk. I never learned how that worked. It's like pig Latin, but stupider. Did a game? Did a guy? You guys ever? It was so stupid. Anyways, I just did it, and I don't even know what it meant. I hope it wasn't offensive. But I, I think that's more of of what it is. So I kind of hope that somehow answered a little bit of some kind of a question that you asked. And thank you, Josh, for asking the question. Jumping over to the Facebook group, I solicited some questions once again. By the way, please make sure you get in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. That's the best way, because I'm, I'm pretty regularly going to be asking for questions, and, and really the only reason I ask again is because that thread is starting to slow down. Nobody's asking questions anymore. But there's just a continual thread of please keep the questions coming. But if you want to send in questions, that's the best way to do it, right? Twitter and all that other stuff, I just constantly forget. This is the easiest way because they're all just in one big giant list for me. So like even that last question on Twitter, um, he sent a follow-up like, hey, just so you know, I sent you a question just, and just wanted to remind you, and I did forget. So just saying, packing it podcast, Facebook group. Question from Zach. He says, if you couldn't have LaFleur and Goot as GM and head coach, who would you pick and why? I'm assuming this is, I can just pick anybody ever. It doesn't have to be like available coaches or whatever. And if it was, I, you know, I don't have an answer for it. <laughs> that's, that's too hard. But um, I think, honestly, quite simply, it would be Shanahan and Dorsey. You've heard me talk about Dorsey repeatedly. I just think he does a great job of drafting. He's obviously got some other issues because he can't hold down a job, despite the fact that he built the Chiefs franchise right now. He also helped to build the Cleveland Browns, two completely irrelevant franchises that were built in just a matter of a couple years by one guy. And then Shanahan, I mean, we, we could argue and say Andy Reid, I guess, although, I don't know, that whole thing is kind of weird. Um, you got now players popping up saying, you know, like Le'Veon saying some bad stuff. And I hate to bring up his son, but there's just like this weird thing. You know, there's there's guys that come in like Kareem Hunt. That was not a great... It's, it's one of those things where it's a great team and he does a good job as an offensive play caller, but I'm a little scared that maybe they're not looking... For example, the Packers are always looking at character from the seemingly opposite perspective of the Kansas City Chiefs, and that is the Chiefs care very little, right? They're willing to bring in some guys with a little bit of an edge, and the Packers aren't, and I kind of tend to fall on the side of the Packers. But beyond that, we know the Shanahan system works here. Let's stick with it. And if there's anybody that can do it better than LaFleur, it's Shanahan himself. Now, you could say McVeigh, but Whatever. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't fight you over it. I understand Shanahan's had a losing team several years in a row. Maybe it's because of the players. Maybe he's overrated. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Point is, the scheme works. It works with Rodgers. It works with the players we have. Um, so I think Shanahan and Dorsey would be my duo. Zach asked a follow-up question asking, um, what would be the Rodgers situation outcome you would want the most? I, I do want Rodgers back. Uh, I think that, you know, Rodgers is our quarterback. The plan was to have him for another maybe three years and possibly beyond that. And we'll give it another couple cracks at a Super Bowl with Rodgers and see how it goes. If you're saying, you know, 
what is the best possible outcome in this whole situation, the absolute best situation would be, although unlikely, indisputably the best situation would be Rodgers leaves, Love comes in, and is the third quarterback in line. Because essentially you're getting right. It's all we're doing is getting Rodgers all over again. So it's it's a question of do you want Rodgers for three years or do you want Rodgers for 13 years? I mean, so in a hypothetical world, I would love it if Love took over and was awesome. In a realistic world where I just get to magically snap my fingers and make something happen, Rodgers comes back. And we'll just see how it goes as far as transitioning into Love maybe someday. TJ says, what is one player from an NFC North team you would add to the Packers right now to improve defense the most? Same for offense and special teams. It's hard for defense to not say Khalil Mack, but I'm going to go ahead and not say Khalil Mack um, just because we have guys in those positions. And as much as I've talked trash in the past, I think the clear answer in my mind would be Eric Kendricks. Um, The reason I talk so much trash is because prior to 2019, his grades were 59, 68, 66, and 64, and all we heard about was Eric Hendricks and uh, Barr and how good they were, and really, I think Barr had one good year in those four years, and that was it. Kendricks didn't have any. Barr had one, and it's like this is the most overrated group of linebackers I've ever seen in my entire life. They are not that good. Well, 2019 rolls around, and Kendricks goes from a 64, which is on par for what he's done his entire career, up to a 90.1. It was the number one linebacker in football. Had an 88.4 coverage grade, 83 run defense grade, 74 tackling the whole nine yards. Not much for pass rush. That's kind of Barr's MO, but, uh, you know, whatever. When you do all that other stuff well, kind of don't care. But I thought, you know, it's probably a fluke, right? 50s and 60s and then 90 that seems unlikely well in 2020 he does drop down but from a 90 to an 82.6 and actually went up in his coverage grade so run defense went down um, but coverage went from an 88 to a 90.7 he only allowed 269 yards um, zero touchdowns on the season had three interceptions and four pass breakups the year before he did have two two touchdowns allowed but had a pick and 13 pass breakups um, his NFL passer rating when targeted in 2019 was 74 and 2020, 60. So, uh, yeah, a, a true coverage linebacker like Eric Kendricks, I mean, he's 29 years old, but Khalil Mack isn't necessarily young, and there's not a lot of guys um, that really are going to up the game of the Packers much more anyways. There's not a lot of real dominant defensive tackles. I know a lot of people would say Akeem Hicks. Fine, if you want to add Akeem Hicks, that's fine. I'm not going to fight you on it. Akeem had a 66 overall grade, was 10th in the NFC North. Not 10th in the NFL, 10th in the NFC North, behind Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, Billy Wynn, and Snacks Harrison last year. But if you want to go Snacks, or if you want to go Akeem Hicks, that's fine. His pressure rate was right at about 10%, which is barely mediocre. He only had four sacks on the season, so, you know, whatever. I'm sticking with my pick. As for offense... I mean, Justin Jefferson would be fun. And if we're talking like we get him forever, he's also extremely young. Second best wide receiver in the NFL, just barely behind Devontae Adams as a rookie at 21, 22 years old. So that would be pretty awesome. Although I don't think wide receiver would necessarily be the biggest need for the team. 
Um, TJ Hawkinson would be tempting because it would be cool to have a pretty dominant tight end. Um, but I don't know how much better he is than Tunyon necessarily. So I don't know if I'd go that route. Maybe I would try Taylor Decker at right tackle. I might just go Justin Jefferson, man. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out the offensive line. It'll be fun. I just, let's just go get him, man. How can you turn down a guy that's got like legitimate Jerry Rice potential? Jerry Rice might be steep, but you get what I'm saying. Like it's, it's, it's remarkable what he's done as a rookie. It's ridiculous. Maybe he drops off. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know, but that's, that's what I would do there. Special teams. I don't know, man. Uh, Jack Fox is a freak, the punter for um, the Detroit Lions. I mean, I like J.K. Scott, but that would be somebody in consideration. Would say Cordero Patterson if he was still a bear, or, yeah, bear, but he is now a falcon, so I don't know. Sure, Jack Fox, why not? Who cares? We'll do one final one before a break here. Troy says, what's the most Aaron Rodgers thing Aaron Rodgers has done during the Aaron Rodgers debacle with Aaron Rodgers? Well, assuming you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, um, I think the it's the people thing is very Aaron Rodgers e. You know, he's always he likes to take digs at people in somewhat of an indirect fashion, and he's also trying to play it real cool and in this sort of like laid back Cali kind of vibe. Like it's all good, man. I mean, that sort of just embodies. I don't want to say it embodies Aaron Rodgers because it, there's more to Aaron Rodgers than just being petty and whatnot. But that that was very, you know, like I'm not saying anything. I'm just I'm gonna play it cool, but at the same time, directly saying something. I think that uh, I think that fits the mark. Anyways, we'll take a quick break. I did finally get that Palmer Home thing working. So uh, as I said, I'm gonna be raising money for the Palmer Home for Children. I put the links up on uh, Twitter as well as the Facebook group. Uh, feel free to continue to jump in on Patreon if you haven't done that and still want to do that. We're quite a ways away from uh, hitting that goal. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I do want to start to shift my focus towards supporting this and seeing how much money we can raise. So patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support me. Otherwise, um, I can't read out the link because it's really long. But again, if you want it, you can message me and I will show it to you so you can look into them and see what they're all about. But it is a, uh, a home for children that don't really have a home. Whether it was because of um, abuse or whatever may have happened, they just need a, uh, a place where they can have a, a family structure and a family environment and people there to just care for them and, and uh, provide for them and give them some, some structure and just, just general care like children should have. And uh, like I said, I, I, uh, I know firsthand how much good this group can do. And, you know, I mean, money can come pouring in for something as small as, hey, let's help get Ryan a computer, you know? (laughs) It can be pretty overwhelming, the amount of support that can come from this audience. So I just wanted to kind of harness that and uh, use it for something even bigger than, than, you know, a laptop for me or or whatever. As much as I greatly appreciate it, uh, there are some people who are in pretty desperate need. So again, I want to do this through Labor Day, and then um, we'll just start up another one, get ready to go. So please continue, as I said, check that out. It's on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, if you just want to check it out, feel free to reach out and I will send you a link. There is a goal set on there, but I I just don't like setting low goal. I, I would have put a million dollars, I don't, you know, because I, I don't know what people are willing to do. You know, I put a hundred bucks down, somebody does a one-time donation of a hundred dollars and then it's like, oh, your goal has been met. It's like, no, dude, I just, just as much as possible is the goal. 
But uh, anyways, with that being said, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That is, I'm not a pilot. Sorry, Peter, if that's uh, not what you wanted me to do. But I just, I've literally gone back and like paused doing the podcast. I'm like, I'm gonna listen to this song again. It's good. It's got like a, I don't know. I probably shouldn't say that. I was gonna say what it reminds me of, but you know, that might be insulting. So I don't, I'll just. I, it reminds me of some other bands that are out there that are good bands, and I felt like sharing it, so I did. But like I said, Peter's a talented guy, and it's uh, great to have him as a member of the Packernet Podcast family. Speaking of, um, Aidan says, how often do you find yourself defending your pod vis-a-vis family members, like arguments with the wife, oh, right, you and your childish hobby, and you're like, it's not childish, I have tens of thousands of listeners, etc. I'd love a glimpse into such an exchange. I, There was a little bit more of it at 
the beginning of this, and part of that is my fault. I'm I'm the guy who's always got to be doing something. Um, I've always got some great idea, some way of making money, some kind of a thing that we can do. And most of them didn't super pan out. And obviously you have to, you know, spend money to make money, obviously. That's the way that that works. So there's always time being spent on things. And then, you know, it's, I never went crazy. You know, some people that drop like $30,000 to start a business or something. I'm talking about like 40 bucks here, 30 bucks there, but, you know, it'll add up. You know, I know the one website I had, I about broke even. I probably spent about $1,000 and made about $1,000 over however many years I did it. So I, I got the skepticism. I think um, at this point, it's it's not really quite like that, but it is still a little bit. It's to the point now where she sees it as a necessity because there is income. But I still don't think she, like, she's not passionate about it at all. It's almost like a necessary evil for her. She doesn't like that I have to spend time doing football, you know, but she understands that it's necessary. But for example, right now it's 6.30 in, in the evening or whatever time that would be. It's not afternoon. It's I think the evening works. Generally, and, and to be honest, this is why I started doing the podcast at 3 o'clock in the morning, because I didn't want to have the argument about spending time on this as opposed to spending time with the family. And so even now, again, she knows it's necessary, but there's still sort of that... Like, really, you have to do that? You can't spend time with us kind of thing? Even though we, we wouldn't really be doing anything. The kids are outside playing. I would just be sitting up on, on a couch somewhere doing not a whole lot of anything. But there's just there's this weird thing of, like, why do you have to go somewhere and do something on your own? You're supposed to be with us as a fan. You know, I don't know. I can't explain it. It's it's not my brain doing the thinking. So it's, it's a little bit of that. But, again, the thank you to the patrons for uh, at least making this a thing that I can keep doing that doesn't cause strife in my my marriage. Because <laughs> there was a time when she was even upset that I was getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning, even though nobody was awake, and it was interrupting zero family time. Because, I don't know, I had to go to bed too early, and uh, I wasn't getting enough sleep, or whatever. Just, you know. So there's a slight bit of condescension, but, again, it's it's sort of a... She doesn't see the magnitude in it, but it's a thing that, you know, she's okay with, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how to put it. I wish she was more, pa- I wish she was excited about it. Like, dude, go do a podcast. Like, can you do two a day? Can you, like, let's get this going. But that's just, that's never going to be a thing, so. I think I think a good way to summarize it, because I'm, I'm making it sound like she's in a bad light. She's a very content person, and I am not. Perfect ideal life would be me going to work, doing like a nine to five, coming home, and we just sit down together, you know, play a board game, and then, you know, rinse and repeat forever. I always have to have more. Not, it's not like a greed thing, like I want to be a billion. It's just, I just, I like building. I like creating. I like things to grow. doesn't matter what it is. If I start a website, I like to see the, the number of people visiting that website going up. It's, it's a game to me that those are my hobbies, right? Some people like to go hunting. Some people, they like to go to concerts. Some pe- I like to start businesses. Really garbage ones, but businesses, right? YouTube channel, podcast, website, eBay, uh, book selling on Amazon. Uh, I created websites for a while. Drop shipping, you know, and, and she again, she just doesn't get that. Like in her mind, that means I'm not happy and this life isn't good enough. That's not it. That has nothing to do with anything. And if, if you're in that mode where like your significant other seems 
not satisfied, it's not because they're unhappy with their life. That's just how they're wired. They're creators and innovators, and maybe they suck at it like I do, but it's just, it's what they like to do. Their hobby could be going out to the bar and getting shmammered all night, so at least be grateful. They just want to be home in the basement on a computer trying to build something. Just a thought. Just throwing it out there. Justin says, given the unknown on Roger's status for the season, as well as unknown production from Love, do you see Green Bay having their strongest rushing attack since I'm on Green and Company and switching to more of a run-first team, uh, not just for this season, but with Matt LaFleur's tenure as head coach? Well, I don't know that that's going to happen because it's an unknown. That may happen because Rodgers isn't here. So, like, if he's officially gone and Love takes over, I think so. I think they just lean on it. I think that'll be the thing that's just working, and I, and I think you have a similar situation with trying to make Jordan Love like Jared Goff, where he's sort of a game manager, and that's not to say that he's a bad quarterback, but he's young and he's inexperienced, and you can't lean on him the way that you do with Aaron Rodgers. And considering Matt LaFleur loves nothing more than big, strong, massive human beings moving people out of the way with big, strong, massive human beings carrying the ball and smashing into stuff, I'm, I'm outlining um, a rushing attack, basically. I think he would just love that. I think the reason we don't see as much as you would expect from a Shanahan-style offense, even though we are moving slowly in that direction, is because you got Aaron Rodgers at the helm. And because he's just, he's really good and you just put the game in his hands more often than not. And yeah, I do think the sky's the limit with the potential production. Why did that light bulb go out? I just, we just moved into this house and I've got to replace light bulbs already. I've been in this office for five seconds. <laughs> That's all right. It's kind of a light was too bright anyways. That's me finding an excuse to not have to do work around the house. I never liked that stupid light anyways. Cody wants to know when we're going to do a podcast tailgate in the Lambeau parking lot. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. It's just, like I said, it's hard to work that stuff out. I mean, I'll, 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 if, if I was single with, you know, no real responsibilities, I would set it up today and just buy some tickets and be like, be there or be a big old loser. But it's just, it's hard. I mean, I, again, I don't really like going to games as it is. I know that makes me weird. I don't like jerseys. I don't like going to games. What kind of a fan are you? But I just, I don't, man. I got my own home. I got the grill outside. I can make some amazing food. I got a great TV now. Got a nice house. I love watching Packer games. I love watching it with my kids. I love having friends over. It's like, it's just, it's a lot of money and it's a long drive and we're going all the way out there. If I could just teleport myself out there and hang out with you guys, I would love to, but it's just, it's a big undertaking. And then coordinating it with the family and with you guys and with everything else. It's just one of those things where I would like to work it out. I just would not hold my breath. Now, I know a lot of you guys are already meeting up for that. I believe it's the Steelers game. So, Cody, I would encourage you to look into that because a lot of guys who are already listeners as well as some of the the big Twitter contingent, but obviously a lot of those guys listen to the show or in the Facebook group and everything else. So a lot of Packer fans that you probably know are going to be there. So... If, uh, if I'm the main draw, then I'm sorry that I'm such a massive disappointment as a friend. If it's just I want to hang out with some of the people that I'm associating with on here, do it. For show, you should do it. And I'll try to link up with some people for that Steelers game and uh, see how that goes. And I, I'm not saying I 100% won't be there. I just, I would not count on that. I'm just, I'm just weird that way, man. You know, I, I would love to have you guys at my house, maybe. Although my wife wouldn't like that very much because she's still convinced that there's one person out there listening to the show that is a serial killer, and she's going to freak out about that. But I'm saying I would like that. But going to Lambo, I don't know. 
I've been there, man. It's crowded. <laughs> it's, it's not a it's not a place for introverts. You know, there's just people everywhere. Then you gotta sit like in these confined quarters around people, uncomfortable seats, probably freezing out. If it's not freezing, it's 104. Food is really expensive. Drinks are expensive. I don't know. Just just come to my house, Cody. Just where are you at, dude? Come on out my way sometime. We'll we'll make some ribs and watch a game or something. Andrew says, moving Clark off nose about time question mark. I've always thought that was kind of weird. I mean, I I get it, and it's about function, and if you can do it, do it. You know, I mean, if you can just be there and uh, suck up a lot of space, that's cool. Plus, you, you got to remember, I looked at uh, Kenny's... Uh, somebody else must have asked this question about him moving around or whatever, and I looked at his snap counts. The vast majority of the time, he is playing what PFF calls a defensive tackle, so left defensive tackle, right defensive tackle, and you get that designation in a four-front front, four-person front. That is to say, a, a like a 4-3 alignment, although that's probably not what it is. It's a four-man front. So you'd have, like, for example, Preston and Zedarius, and then two defensive tackles. So he's not really a nose, he's a defensive tackle. It's the only thing you can be in that situation, unless you want to make him an edge rusher. And then if you just look at, like, so for example, again, defensive, if we just go largest snap count to least, um, right tackle in a four defensive front, four-man front, left tackle in a four-man front, then you've got left end, then you have nose tackle, then you have uh, nose left tackle or whatever, then you have right end, then you have nose right tackle, then you got right end outside, which is an outside linebacker in a 4-3 or whatever, Um, once as an outside linebacker, and then once as a defensive end in a four-man front on the left side. So, and I'm and I've kind of mentioned this before, we kind of get hung up in, like, he's a nose tackle, so 99% of the time he plays nose tackle. Not really. Same with safety, corner. Uh, I mean, if you look at Zedarius' snap counts, they're ridiculous. Right? These guys move all over the place. And, and really, Kenny didn't play nose all that much. I mean, he played 699 snaps. He played nose tackle. Let me add up all the different styles of nose tackle. 160 times he played nose tackle. So our nose tackle, Kenny Clark, actually played nose tackle a little less than 23% of the time. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I love seeing him in other positions, especially positions that we see more as attacking positions. And I think that's where you're coming from and where I usually come from when I talk about this. Nose tackles are usually 340-pound guys that stand there and just stop guys from pushing them out of the way against the run. They're not pass rushers, but we know Kenny Clark is, so we don't like that he's designated as a nose tackle. I think that's usually where people are coming from. But Kenny is a do-everything guy. He is 315 pounds. He's a great run defender. He can take on two guys, two gaps. He can shoot gaps. He can come from the inside, the outside. He can do all this different stuff, and so it really just depends on situation. And and again, that designation of nose tackle, yeah, kind of, but... They're, they're going to put their best guy in the best spot at every single situation. So I think they, bottom line is I think they already have been doing that. I wouldn't worry too much about the official designation of nose tackle. Uh, Gerard wants to know, if Rodgers is out and Love is the starter, what position are you drafting in round one 2022? Um, that depends what happens in 2021. Uh, the, the biggest thing is going to be Jordan Love. If he is 
horrific and the Packers win four games, we might be looking at drafting a quarterback. Um, unless, you know, I could go down the rabbit hole of, of saying, well, if, if we didn't trade Rodgers and he's still around and love was bad, maybe we kick out love and then Rodgers is happy. Whatever. I, fine. Okay. But that's the biggest question. Um, but outside of that, I mean, if he does a great job, it really just comes down to analyzing the team as it is. Um, I think edge is probably going to be really important, and there's a ton of edge rushers in this class. Um, and, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, if Zedarius is going to stick around and we're going to pay him for a while, and you know, maybe we move on from Preston, but Rashawn is still solid, then maybe round one isn't a massive need, even though we still need some depth. Maybe we don't need, especially if it's early-ish round one. Um, hopefully wide receiver isn't a need. Trying to think what some of the big positions were. I, I tell you one guy that I really like, and he'll probably be gone, and it's it's not a huge need uh, because we have a couple of good safeties, but Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame is an absolute freak. Um, offensive tackle, possibly, but again, I don't. it depends. You know, Maybe we got a really good tackle in this draft, and we've got a really good center. It's really hard to say. Um, I'm kind of just going off of last year, and then it comes down to, well, how good is our quarterback? And I don't know the answer to that. You know, Eric Stokes, is that guy any good? I mean, even if he's not, we probably don't go that route. Linebacker obviously is a big one, but I don't know if the Packers would want to do that. But you got, you know, Christian Harris out of Alabama, uh, Ventrell Miller. You know, if the interior is struggling, you know, Cade Mays, Tyler Lindenbaum, Linderbaum, I think. So, I mean, we need 2021 to be able to assess that, I guess. And I understand, you know, making sure love succeeds is the biggest thing. But we got to know where the deficiencies are. If the offensive line is struggling, then we got to help him there. If the if he doesn't have weapons, which would be shocking and scary, then we got to do that. Possibly tight end, but again, round one is always iffy for that. Um, and if if love is just terrible, then we're we're looking at hopefully. And I know nobody agrees with me on this, but hopefully we lo- didn't win very many games because I'd like a crack at a at a real legitimate player. Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler. My guy, Matt Corral, who will probably be around later, even though he shouldn't be. I was going to save the last couple, but they're pretty, we can rip through these pretty quick. Uh, Christopher Goose says, uh, should the NFL expand to 40 teams? I don't know where you got 40 from. I think we're at 32, right? You want eight more teams? Look, I, to be honest, if we had 40 teams and uh, 30 weeks of football, I would sign off on it. I know nobody agrees, but give me more. I just want, I'm a glutton for football. I'm a glutton for a lot of things, but I'm a glutton for foot. Just give me more. Let's just never, never stop, ever. Take a small break after the Super Bowl uh, so we can do the draft and then uh, we fire this thing back up. But 40 teams, what? Goose, I need you to circle back around and give me a, tell me what's going on in your brain right now because I'm confused. Because I, I like it, but I don't I don't know why I like it. Tell me why I like this. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then a couple by Andy says, uh, by which date should we send in our official hot takes for the 2021 season? And when is the Packernet podcast where you read through 2021 season predictions by Facebook group members that can be saved and revisited at the end of the season? So we do have to figure something out. Um, probably just do a post and then somebody's got to tag it or save it somewhere. Or I'll try to tag it and save it somewhere so we can revisit it. It'd be kind of fun. Um, I don't know. We could do that today, I guess, if somebody wants to do a post or I could do a post. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. Simple enough. And then he goes on to say, uh, or in another one says, will you take suggestions for, quote, one episode only theme song? 
Also, will you please always play Al Green in the background while talking intimately about low and slow barbecue? You used a husky voice a few weeks back when mentioning low and slow barbecue, which was rather creepy, but I think Al Green could smooth the whole thing over. <laughs> I mean, you could just ask me to stop doing that. But you didn't, because you liked it. Don't, don't say you didn't. Like, I get it, man. It's weird to say that you liked it. But it's not, though, because it's barbecue. And that's a great idea, actually. Get some Al Green or some Barry White going in the background every time food comes up on this podcast. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think that's a great idea. Just don't make it weird. Because if you make it weird, then it's weird for me, and it's like, then I can't do it. Let's just not make it weird. Anyways, I'm going to cut it off there. You guys have yourself a fantastic Monday. If you have any other questions, please keep sending them in because we are in the absolute depths of uh, the offseason. Now, it does, I mean, it could be questions. It could, it could be more in-depth things or even just ideas for a podcast. You know, I think it'd be cool if you did this for the, I have one idea already, but, you know, we can do segments on things or whatever. Just uh, keep it coming, man. Just think, what would he have to talk about to make me want to actually listen to this show? And then suggest it, and maybe I'll make it a show. Just saying. But anyways, have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.